So before we get started, I'm just gonna give a little bit of an introduction to where we're at and what we're doing here. So this is the youth panel. These are my four awesome volunteered high schoolers who have decided to hang out and talk with you guys today. Um, I just wanna remind everyone that uh, it took a lot of courage for them to be here. Um, it's really awesome that they wanted to do this, but also what comes with that is that we're gonna just create a space of respect among the uh, adults in the room and then also the campers in this room so that we can um, just get to have an honest conversation. Also, nothing they say in this setting is wrong. Uh, you might disagree with them, but for them, um, nothing that they say today is wrong. So if it ever gets to a point, I don't see this happening um, where I think that you know that trust and that respect has been compromised, I might cut a question short and move on to the next one. Um, but I really don't see that happening. It's just good to set the tone. So my name, as you guys have probably heard way too many times this week, um, is Mariah. I had been working at camp since 2016. Um, I spent all of my summers at Conference Center Youth Program working with family camp. I recently graduated from William Jessup University in Rockland um, and have been working up here since February um, and have spent most of my time since I was 18 years old working in youth ministry. So I love getting to do stuff like this and hang out with awesome students. Um, this is really, like I think that this is the best part of every day is getting to hang out with high schoolers. So I'm gonna let them introduce themselves. What they are gonna tell you is their names, about how many years they've been coming to camp. And something really awesome about the panel is that they all have very different education backgrounds and like where they're attending high school. So I thought that that would be kind of interesting for you guys to know. So starting right here. Hi guys, my name is Christopher Cameron. I am from Vacaville, California. I've been coming to camp for about 16 years now. Um, and a school that I go to is called Buckingham Charter. So it's kind of a charter school. So it's kind of a hybrid between public and private. It's public in the aspect of kind of the education level but you have to get in, get in through a lottery, which is kind of where the private sets in, but there's no tuition for it. Awesome. Hi, I'm Megan Bowman. I'm from Seattle, Washington. Um, I've been coming into Mount Hermon for about six years now, and um, education-wise, I grew up in a public school, so I'm really familiar with that, but as well right now, I'm going to a private school, and both are great. Hi, my name is Caitlin. Um, I've been coming to camp for around eight years. I think it's my eighth or ninth year. Um, and I'm from Anaheim, California, and my education level. So I, or yeah, I went to private school from kindergarten to eighth grade, and then I switched to public school for high school. Hi, my name is Mason Costas. Uh, I have been going here for five years, and I have uh, been at public, public schools for uh, my whole life. Awesome, thanks guys. So, would anybody like to start us off? As Dave Burns says, this is always the hardest. After you guys, after one person asks a question, we're all good to go. Is there a deadline for phones in the home nowadays? That's a good, what is your guys' like parents? Curfew for phones, what does that look like for phones in your home? So I'm able to have my phone um, from whenever I grab it in the morning till whenever I go to bed. Um, but my mom's one rule is that we keep it outside of the room. So I don't try, we both charge our phones outside of our room and they're kept in a family space um, in the kitchen so that we can charge it out there and we don't have the distraction of it during the night. Um, but when I wake up in the morning and I'm getting ready to leave for school, I can grab it, so. 
chivalrous. There you go. Um, for for me, at least in my family, we don't have any strict rules on it. If we're staying up like till four a.m., of course they're gonna take it away from us. But like, if we're being reasonable and we go to bed at a decent time, my parents respect that as long as I'm not like wasting hours on it all the time. So my parents want me to find a balance. But I know like some friends who do similar to Caitlin, who make sure they have it away at certain times. So I think it's really different from family to family. So for mine, it's um, whenever I wake up and then it, as far as like text messages and phone calls are concerned or social media and whatnot, uh, stops at nine o'clock. But as far as music is concerned, I, for me, in order for me to sleep, there has to be soft, preferably soft worship music playing uh, in order for me to go to sleep. So as far as that concern is concerned, that's an all night thing. Um, but as long as it's not a distraction and as long as social media and messaging and phone calls are done at nine, there's not normally a problem. Yeah, I've not really had any limitations on my uh, devices or my phone. Um, I can kind of like if I, I try to sleep in though so that I don't have to use it that much in the morning and then um, at night I could kind of stay up uh, like to like probably like 11 or something. Uh, just on it a little bit, so. Even during school? Uh, no, no, no. I don't, no. I'm not, I don't uh, go on it at all during school. I mean, like, after and before, but that's about it. Do your guys' schools have restrictions on your phone, or what does that look like in the classroom for you? Um, at my school, there's not really any restriction on phones um, school-wide. There's some teachers who say that you have to keep it into different cubbies, but there's some teachers that say, you're here for your education. It's your choice whether you want to learn the information and put away your phone or whether you want to just um, like be on your phone and waste your time. Um, and I think there's a, definitely like a negative connotation with technology and social media and messaging, but I think I see it as more of a positive, and I know that's a generational difference, but I see it as more of a positive because I'm able to ask my friends for homework help or I can look up, the, like, look up how to do it. Um, and I'm able to um, use the technology to my advantage for school and for, um, different things like that. And I know that cheating's a big issue, but there's definitely different ways that my teachers in my school have like blocked that from happening, so. I'd say for mine, so my freshman year, it was um, really strict, so you couldn't do it at lunch, couldn't do it during passing. Really the only time that you could be on your phone was before school, after school, uh, teacher motto, I see phone, I take phone. And they were really strict about taking the phones. Um, but now, over the course of the years, it's kind of got to the point where, because it happens so often, it's not so much that they're giving up, they're just like, okay, we're going to kind of refine things. So you can go on it during passing, you can go on it during lunch. Um, some teachers, you know, because we're really, we're a technology-based school. So that's one of the main forms of education is technology. So it's like they can't really limit you completely. Um, but, you know, some teachers will let you go on your phones during class. Some of them are still the I see phone, I take phone. Just depends on the circumstance. Um, but for, like, tests, some teachers just have you put your phone in their drawer or in your backpack, and then you put your backpack on the other side of the room. It just varies, you know, by teacher and by what, what the class is. Um, for Washington, I know for public schools, at least from what I've heard in high schools, is that they're very relaxed on the phone usage. Um, at my school personally, we have phone pockets for certain teachers because they don't want us to be on our phones. 
Um, what for is the, a phone pocket? A phone pocket is basically like a chart on the wall where it has like one through like 30, depending on how many students we have for a class. And you're assigned a number at the beginning of the year where you put your phone in it. Um, so teachers will use that for attendance sometimes. That's only like a few teachers, not all my teachers do it. Um, for the teachers that do allow us to use their phones, if it becomes a distraction, they'll put it in the office. And if it ha happens like a second time in that week or in that like semester, we'll put it in the office and you can't get your phone back till your parents get it. So that's how my school like runs it. And it varies from teacher to teacher, but they try and be pretty consistent, so. Awesome. Um, in my schools, uh, uh, if you take it out, they don't really, so you get a warning, and then if you do it again and again, then they uh, they put it, uh, in one of my classes, they put it in like a box, and you have to wait until the end of class to um, get it back, and uh, that's what most of my teachers did, and um, uh, if you uh, did it again, then they would uh, put it up to the front office, and you would need to wait until the end of the day to um, get your phone back, and so... They didn't really like people pulling out their phones at all during class times because uh, they wanted to, everyone to focus more on education, so. Awesome, thank you guys. It's really interesting how much phones have changed even since I left school five years ago. So, so you said that um, you're uh, off of social media and texting at nine, is that something you do yourself or is your phone locked down to not allow you to do that at nine? So it's something that kind of the parents set in place. And so I, mo <laughs> the stereotypical teenagers, so to speak, uh, can be really addicted to their phone. But if you tell me to put my phone away, I have no problem putting it away. Um, it's just one of those things. It's like, you know, it's I think it's dumb to be addicted to your phone because it really takes away from kind of like your social your social skills, so to speak. Because I see, I've been in rooms where, you know, there will be, you know, this far apart and like someone will like text me and they're sitting like right there and I'm all, dude, I'm sitting right here. Talk. You have a voice box. But, um, but no, it's just something that I do myself. And also too, it's a good thing to kind of find times to put it away just because of the bright lights of the technology kind of keeps your brain awake. And with your brain being awake, it's harder for you to fall asleep, which means to if the later you go to bed, the harder it's going to be to wake up in the morning. So it's just one of those things where if you find time to put it, kind of the ideal time for the younger ages, 7 o'clock at night, and then slowly as they get older, you can kind of length it out, but the latest it should be is about 9 o'clock. For you and Caitlin, I kind of have a question. Are those parameters that your parents put on your phone, is that something that you agree with? Or how do you feel about those parameters? Do you think, do you see the benefit or do you see it as a negative? Um, for me, so I don't have as much restriction. I'm able to use my phone until it gets put away um, to charge. And I think it's really helped me because I think um, if it was being charged in my room, there would definitely be a temptation there. Um, and I would probably be able to restrict it because I really like my sleep. Um, but I think also it's really nice to just not have it even be a thought in my mind. Um, I know a lot, of, a, a lot of my friends and a lot of my classmates will be up on Snapchat or like watching Netflix until three in the morning on school nights um, because they have their phone in their room. Um, 
And like they're able to do that. They're able to only get five or six hours of sleep and still function normally. But I, I need my eight hours. Like I need my sleep. Um, I would agree that that's so a pretty eight common. Eight hours is not enough. That yeah. that's a pretty common yeah. thing for kids to be on their phones or watching Netflix until mm-hmm. late hours into the night. Yeah, and some of my friends, so oh, I have a couple friends who it actually helps them fall asleep. And so they'll like watch an episode of Netflix before they go to bed and it helps them get tired and um, like fall asleep. And I, I can understand that perspective, but I think for me it's definitely helped. And I think I would continue that, um, like I'll continue that into maybe even like my college career and stuff like that because it's really good to like not have it right beside my bed. I want to add on to what she said. Um, I have a few friends back at home that, um, as you know, like uh, mental health is very like prominent right now. And one of my friends, one of my close friends has anxiety and in order to go to bed, she needs to be able to listen to things on her phone or else her thoughts will get really like twisted. And so I think there, there's pros and cons to having technology at night. But I know for certain people, they need it because it like calms down their mind and then they're able to go to sleep faster. So I think it really depends on every person and you can't just put like one role in technology for the whole world because we all have different needs that can be met. So, awesome. All right. Do we have another question? Cool. I'm going to go one, two, three. Did you guys say your grade? Which grade you guys are in? I have um, a question, but uh, I was just wondering. I don't remember you which grade you guys that? are in. Yeah. Senior. Senior. Sophomore. Freshman. Okay. Okay. We got everything. We got. And then, and then my question um, is about the Mount Hermon program, the high school program. Um, basically, which part is your favorite part of the high school program? Not counting like, you know, like going to the beach or anything like that. Just like specifically, your guys' like daily routine at Mount Hermon. I like this question. I mean, I can do it. What? Okay. <laughs> You guys all are going to answer this one. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, boy. Um, so I'd say for me, definitely the time alone helps because um, it's one of those things where it's actually kind of helping you, believe it or not, kind of train yourself to kind of get into that mode of, okay, this is something that you should do, you know, once, twice a day, um, at least once for sure. Um, and then another thing, too, would just be kind of the community and getting to know people. Um, Because it's definitely, you know, it's one thing to kind of, there's one thing to actually just go to it and just kind of sit on the sideline versus actually being involved. I feel like it's better to be involved because one, it does help with social skills. And two, it's like kind of like how we did last night with, um, because it was like train day, we kind of did like a mellow, we had like stations and everything and like you could go and talk to your counselors. Um, And it's one cool thing to know. It's like, you know, a lot of the things that, you know, we have probably done wouldn't surprise, say, Mariah or uh, Jack or any of them because, you know, odds are they've probably done the same thing, if not something similar. So it's cool to know that there's someone out there who's kind of walked the road that you've been in, and that's why I kind of like, you know, working with high schoolers, you know, middle school-ish slash high schoolers because it's something where, you know, it's nice to know that there's someone that can relate to the situation that you're in, if that makes sense. 
Um, for me, it's also the community. I remember like my first year coming here and like all the counselors are always really so sweet and they're always caring about what their job is. And like when I came back the second year, there's like counselors who remembered me and I think um, the community is just very like loving and caring. Like for example, like I'm not a big games person, but we do field games like every day. But the fact that my counselor or like the counselors around me are super excited, it makes me excited. So I think just having those people and having the counselors that are actually like happy to be here is like probably one of the best things because like I might not want to do everything, but they want to, so it makes me want to. I think for me, usually one of my highlights of Mount Hermon is the speakers that we get to see and like and interact with. Um, this year, it has—I haven't loved the speaker. So my favorite part for this year has been um, like the small group leader, like my small group, and time alone, because uh, I think it's just a really nice time to just be on your own with God and call out to Him and just have a nice time in the woods. Yeah, probably my favorite part of the high school program is um, the time alone where you get to just go in the um, the forest or mountain and just uh, basically like she was saying, just spend time with God and um, to just be alone for some, you know, couple minutes. And uh, yeah. Thank you. Awesome, thank you guys. You know, uh, I come from a generation that didn't, it only had a pencil and an eraser, so we could only write notes to each other. But uh, I have become so amazed at uh, this society that we're in, where everything is so political. As President Trump wrote this, somebody else did something else. You find in your classrooms, that uh, your teachers are mentioning political events and trying to sway you one way or the other? Awesome, so, great question. So for me, I live in Southern California, so it's very much like liberal. Um, there's a lot of, it's so in my um, community and in my school, um, it's not as much trying to sway you one way or the other. It's more just having open discussions about it. So my teachers are not as much, um, this is the right way, or this is the wrong way. They're more telling you, these are the facts. This is what's happening. This is what we know for sure. And this is what's like confirmed. So we do still have those, cons um, those discussions, but we're able to um, learn about it in a way that's safe and we can all share our own ideas um, and there are uh, like a teacher or two who might tell you like you're wrong and this is wrong and this is the right way to think. Yeah. But um, I think overall it's mostly like we're able to have an open discussion um, and learn about it rather than just being yelled what's right, uh, yelled at about what's right and wrong. Um, at my school, it's actually pretty interesting since I go to a private like Christian school. Teachers aren't supposed to voice their opinions on it as much. Although there are teachers that can be very clear and very like, this is what I believe. But um, we, um, there are different classes where we talk about it more than the other. Like in U.S. history, my teacher very much talked about it often, and I like I could tell his views, and we talked about it in that class. Well, if I was an English class, my teacher might not talk about it because 
they're not supposed to, at least at my school. Um, we have a class like for civics, and like there's like different like government classes where we can learn those things. But at my school, it's very regulated because um, they're not supposed to sway us because it's a Christian environment. They're supposed to like be loving towards us. So that's what it's been like at a private school with the politics that go on. Do you guys do current events in like your classes? It's just a general. Yeah, you all do. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting to look kind of like, I'm, I'm more of an observer than anything else. And, you know, I, I don't mind talking politics. I, you know, I, I enjoy it cause I like to see what other people think. And I've noticed like with my, uh, you know, I noticed around like there's some students, even students, believe it or not, kind of go around, like when they go on politics, they kind of go based off of kind of what the news is saying if that makes sense, and so it's one of those things where they're, the teachers aren't supposed to get into politics, but they do every now and again. Like when the most recent election um, happened, it was low-key chaos, not really, but <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to keep this church appropriate, but... Um, I think it, it made it more difficult to have an unbiased conversation. Exactly. Because it was a little bit more heated. It was a little, a little is an understatement. A little is definitely an understatement. So it's just one of those things where it's like even students now, like they're constantly on social media, you know, either bashing one party or the other, mainly leaning towards, you know, the Republican Party, sadly. Um, you know, it's one of those things where the pendulum can swing either way. Um, but it's, you know, I, I keep an open mind, I keep an open opinion, and so it's one of those things where it's kind of like how Mariah said, you know, the, the answers here aren't wrong. Um, you know, that's their, that's how they believe, that's how they feel, you know, and so that's kind of what I go by. It's, you know, if that's how you feel, great, you know, you do you. You know, I may not agree with everything you say, but, you know, I'm not opposed to, you know, it's not like I'm, it's a hate situation, like, oh, you know, this person said that, I'm never going to talk to them again. It's not that situation at all. Awesome. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I think also, like, going off of that, um, one opinion on social media can spread like a wildfire. Um, thanks, sorry. <laughs> um, so um, it's a lot easier to share your opinion and what you believe, um, and it's a lot easier to spread false rumors as well. Um, so I think a lot of people do look on social media and look on the Internet for um, how they should... Um, like swing, you know, um, so it's, I don't know, I think it's like a lot easier in this day and age to um, hear about uh, different things that are going on in the world, which, whether positive or negative, uh, so yeah, I think that that's like really helping, like it's either helping or harming, however you want to look at it, um, to like spread things throughout the world. It's a lot easier to talk behind a phone screen than it is to yeah. someone's face. Um, so for politics, my school isn't very one-sided. So um, uh, and also, uh, my like teachers and principals and all of that, um, they can't really uh, talk about like their side of politics that much. They can only really talk about the history of it. Um, and so, uh, like some of us kids at uh, schools wants to find want to, like find out everyone's opinion. And so it's kind of hard because some people don't want to share because they don't want a backlash or anything. Um, and so it's kind of hard to share sometimes uh, in my school, if like uh, your side. 
Awesome. Thank you, Mason. So I was recently reading some statistics put out by a group called Barna, and one of the statistics that was pretty eye-opening for me was the low number of uh, kids in Gen Z who have a biblical worldview. Do you guys have any input on how us as parents or teachers or youth leaders can better reach your generation for Christ? Or do you have, can you share with me, uh, as far as your non-Christian friends go, what they say their biggest obstacles are to becoming a Christian? You're all Generation Z. (laughs) Yeah, I figured that one. I figured that one. (laughs) Just thought I'd let you all know. (laughs) You know, it's it's one of those things, because I know you mentioned teachers um, in that, and if you're going to a Christian school, then, you know, I can't really speak to that portion just because I've never really gone to a Christian school, so to speak. But it's like they're trying to remove God from schools. So it's kind of really hard for a teacher to kind of get into a faith-based talk unless it's outside of the classroom, if that makes sense. Um, So that's one of the things where it's like really difficult for them to try and, you know, strive towards that. But as far as, like, parents and whatnot, it's like for some of my friends, they they were in church. They they were in the church, and then what, what they felt like is that it was being forced upon them, and that was something that they didn't like. And so they kind of veered off the path, so to speak, and they're they, – I'd say it was a – young midlife crisis, so to speak. It's one of those things where they were still trying to figure out who they are, what it is that they believe, whether it be world, you know, whether it be with their faith or in the world, you know, whatever, whatever it may be, you know, all, all the above. But, you know, they're, you know, they're still working on it, but it's just one of those things where sometimes it just takes time. You know, some people may not like that answer, but that's really what it comes down to is, Everything we do is a choice. You know, we can be pressured into doing things, but it's kind of our choice, so to speak, to give in to that pressure. And so, you know, parents parents can, you know, do, you, you know, can help a lot. But I feel like there are times that parents try and they kind of do a little too much, if that makes sense, to the point where, yeah, they're like, yeah, they're like, yeah. <laughs> So they do, they do too, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing, but at the same token, it's one of those things where there's got to be a fine line drawn, so to speak, because it would come to a point, you know, like with a couple of my friends, it's not just the one person, you know, it's a couple people where, you know, they felt like they were being forced, you know, to go to church. And, you know, when you're forced to do something, whether it be church, sports, you know, it could be anything in the book it starts to become uninteresting because it's something that your parents want you to do and it's not something that you want to do, if that makes sense. Awesome. If you guys want to, Mason went for... Um, so going from what Christopher said about religion and um, like schools and teachers, um, in fifth grade, I uh, was like wanting to find out like uh, what other people's religions were and I didn't know at the time that... Uh, like uh, teachers and like schools, um, like the staff there, they don't really like sharing that. And so I wanted to ask like one of the people there what their religion was and they they were like saying like, I can't say it or, and then I found out uh, from that. And so um, 
it was uh, pretty weird for me to figure out because like I was like, why didn't they want to share? Um, and uh, so it it's just yeah, just like with the politics, uh, they don't want like people to really figure out um, what uh, you know, because they, they don't want backlash or anything and. Even if they won't get it, they just uh, want to keep it to themselves, because it's uh, sometimes like a law or something. So, I think one thing our speaker actually talked about this right before he came that we're really called to do is love. To force something like Christopher said on someone, it can be really hard. And it can cause some people to either stray or like feel like it's not something they want to do, but in the church we're called to love and if you keep loving on the people around you loving on your children loving on their friends like in a respectful way like if you show them love and you show them joy and happiness they could be curious they might have walked away from the church and they might not know you're christian but like if they see that love and joy from you they'll be like they'll want to come and see you and be like why are you so happy so i think just loving and supporting them there can be ways where you can weave into conversation things from the church but don't like Christopher said don't force it because that can make it a lot harder for us to actually want to be like in the church so um I think one major thing that a lot of my friends I I don't I I have my Christian friends and then I have I know a lot of people who are not Christian they are either like Hindu Buddhist or they are just atheist um or they haven't even like found God yet um, so I think the main thing that they say why they don't necessarily like want to go to church or why they don't want to um, start to trust in God is because of um, like the negativity behind it. I think uh, through the media and through um, like the internet and online, there's a lot of uh, hatred towards like the Catholic Church and the Christian Church because of what some people within the church believe. Um, and what they um, are against. For example, like uh, LGBTQ plus, like I have a lot of friends who are um, like supporters and allies um, of that group. And so that's one of the main reasons why they don't want to go to church is because there's negativity towards that. And I think it's a very like general um, negativity. Um, and I, so I think just creating a welcoming environment um, and letting them know that they are loved no matter who they are, no matter what they are, no matter what they do, what they prefer, um, just knowing um, them, like knowing that they have a safe environment to come and praise the Lord and that God loves them no matter what. I think just sharing that, um, like no matter what, they're still loved. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. It's funny, I was about to say, so what about the second part of the question? And then y'all answered it, so I don't have to say anything. Do we have? Do you guys have any questions? I know you just walked in, you two. Uh, hey guys, how are you doing? Okay, good, good, good. Um, I'm from the last of the baby movers, I guess. I'm 67, but it's so, gosh, there's a common thread that runs through all you guys and, and um, what ran through me when I was your age too. And it was a thing of, of my parents being in my life too much, you know, I felt at that time. <laughs> you guys all laugh, look at this. But I'm serious, it is common. And when you guys grow up, not grow up, I'm sorry, but when you guys get older and you make the choice of having kids yourself, you're gonna find the same thing. 
you're going to find the same thing. It's going to be, your, your kids are going to go, you guys are in my life. You're in my, you're in my face. And um, so it's, uh, gosh, the, as parents, we have two uh, teenagers, and, um, and it's touch and go. There's times like we'll, we'll be in their face, and we'll, we'll kind of learn, okay, we see the frustration. We back out, and we, we come back in. So it's not an easy thing, um, but we're, we're trying to learn too. Does that make sense? Yeah. So hang in there. We're, I mean, we're all going to come out of it okay. Okay? Seriously. What would you guys say are things that your parents have done that have been really helpful, either in your faith or just like, what's just something that you guys love about your parents and the way that they've supported you? I like, I knew instantly. Um, one thing that my parents in specific have been very good about ever since I was really young is supporting me in anything I want to try. Like, in I think in fifth grade at my school, you start to like choose your instruments. Like, my mom did not like band, but she wasn't going to force me to do orchestra. Like, if I wanted to play the trumpet or something, she would have supported me, but I ended up choosing violin, so she was happy. But like, but like, the point was, like, she wasn't going to force me to like, choose something that I didn't like. And I think that's been one of like the best things both my parents have done that, not just my mom, like being supportive. Like my brothers, they like wanted to do STEM. They went to STEM high school. They went to college for that. I am very musically inclined. I like theater. And so they weren't forcing us to go one way or another. And I think that was a really healthy way for us to grow up because it like helped us be interested. Like if I wanted to play one sport, like they'd let me. If I didn't want to do sports, they'd let me. And I think that's what grew me the most. And same, like, in regards to the church. Like, if I wanted to go to youth camp, they'd let me. If I didn't want to go, they'd let me. And so giving me that freedom allowed me to grow in the ways I needed. And they didn't, like, restrict me from that. But they still kept me in the boundaries of, like, keeping me safe and loving me and making sure I wasn't making, like, stupid decisions. So I think having that balance of letting your child do what you want, but also, like, if that's dangerous, don't let us do it. Like, you know, like, having the healthy balance is good. And I think that's what's really helped me growing up yeah um so my parents are very much into do as much as you want and do everything like try things before you just say I don't want to do it so my mom and dad were very much into getting me to do as many things as possible and it's kind of come back to bite us in the butt because I loved everything <laughs> um so now I do theater and I am in Girl Scouts um, getting my gold award um I stopped doing sports but I'm a dancer so I there I'm just in so much so we drive around a lot um but I think also um like just allowing your child to grow and flourish and whatever they want like if um, my mom, she wanted to be a really good, she was a very good volleyball player and then she hurt her knee. And so rather than making me become the volleyball player that she never was, she allowed me to explore different sports and do a whole bunch of different things, even that wasn't like sports related. And I think also with the church, um, I had some issues at my old church and I took a break from Christ for about a year. Um, and my mom still went to church Sunday mornings, um, and she allowed me to just take some time away from God and just be myself and just breathe. Um, and then after coming back to Mount Hermon, I was able to go back to the church and figure out the issues. I figured it all out. But I think she just allowed me to take some time for myself to see if I really wanted to follow God. And that time actually strengthened my relationship. Um, so in the in <laughs> when it first started in the moment, it um, she wanted to like force me to go to church and I said 
like, I don't really know if I still believe in this God, and I don't know if I still believe in this. And then after about a year, it just ended up, like, strengthening, strengthening my relationship. So even if you, I think just knowing even if you don't see the immediate payback, or if the, even if there is no payback, if you don't see the outcome right away, just know that it's, like, coming. It'll, it'll happen. Whatever is intended will happen. You know, I said earlier, and this is going to sound interesting, but I said earlier, parents shouldn't really force their kids to do stuff because, you know, it it could lead to, you know, consequences-ish. But my mom kind of, my mom found out that my school was doing hairspray, and she's all, oh, you're joining. And I'm all, okay. And still to this day, she denies that she ever said that. But, you know, this is one of the rare times that, it actually turned out to be a really great situation because I finally found where I was where I was able to fit in, um, and so theater is kind of my home away from home. Um, so it was one of those things where, in the event of you don't know what to do, go out and adventure and ex you know kind of experiment with stuff. You know whether it be band, whether it be choir, whether it be you know, theater or sports or clubs or stuff like that. I feel that with my parents, well, my mom more specifically, having me join the cast of Hairspray, that kind of opened me up to a whole new world in figuring out what I want to do with my life. And then because of Hairspray led to the opportunity of me really getting out of my comfort zone and joining choir. And so with joining choir, it opened up more opportunities and it's just one of those things where, you know, your parents are always right, but they're, they're, all, they're always right. I don't know where your they're parents are, right. but I'm going to tell them you said that. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're always right. They're always right and they mean well. Just sometimes the execution isn't the best, the best of uh, they mean well, just they the execution. They mean well and they're always right. That's the, what we can take away from this. The execution wasn't the best. What about you, Mason? It's my turn. Um, uh, my parents, uh, like they, uh, uh, they uh, really like church, and so um, sometimes I uh, don't really want to go because I just... I want to like stay home and just relax and uh they always they always take me and I always like it and um sometimes I don't know why I want to stay home I just do and um I always go and I always have a fun time I always learn more about God and it's always a great experience and um so they've uh just helped me um uh build a better relationship with my church and um helping help me um learn more about the people there, um, help me uh, have uh, more of a probably bigger motivation to go there, and um, yeah. Can I say one more thing? Yes. Really fast, really fast. One more thing that we didn't, uh, one more thing that we didn't cover was the topic of grades, and I think one thing on that is to not be too hard on your kids. Sometimes if their grades are lower, it's because they're going through something and they need you to be there with them. Um, so I think one thing in specific for grades, like it stresses a lot of students out. Like people will be at lunch, like 
cramming for a test because they're worried their parents are going to, like, be mad at them for getting a bad grade. So I think one thing on that topic is, like, being supportive. If the grade is low, talk to them. Be like, hey, is there something else here? Or did you, like, not try? Like, just, like, talk to them because there are – there can be meanings behind the grades. Not always, but, like, be supportive and don't, like, force straight A's on students because that can cause a lot of fear and anxiety at school and at home and everywhere. So awesome. Thank you, guys. Uh, yeah, I'm going to come right back. I have a quick question for you guys as I make my way. I know there's some grandparents in the room. So is there anything that your guys' grandparents have done that you, like, have just has really impacted you? Um, so my Nana, she's on my mom's side, my mom's mom. And she's the coolest person I know. So I'm just trying to be her. I would love to just be my Nana. Like, she's so cool. Um, and she, so fun fact about her, she has an award-winning asparagus collection, so it's like, she, she's won, like, first place, and yeah, she has, she, like, and it's not even, like, edible asparagus, like, it's, like, plates and mugs and stuffed oh. animals, it's every, it's so cool, and so I love my Nana, and so, huh? No, no like, not real asparagus, like, asparagus, asparagus memorabilia. memorabilia. Yeah, but I do love asparagus, so she's, she's instilled that love of asparagus in me. Um, but, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, so, um, so, but, so my Nana, um, I've really strived to be her, even, she, she was a teacher, and she's kind of fueled my teaching inspiration inside me, I would like to be a teacher when I grow up, um, and just, i She's just been such a huge role model for me. She taught me how to knit. She taught me how to sew. She just, everything that I've learned that I use and uh, think about on a daily basis, I've learned from my Nana. Um, so I think, like, I really am just, like, striving to be here in life. I really hope that I can get to her level of coolness. <laughs> but I think I'm more just, asparagus plants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it's just... I, like, I've learned so much from her, and it's just really cool. I don't know. One cool thing that I've started to do now that I'm in high school, now that I drive, every weekend I go over to my grandparents, and I stay overnight. I do work, so I can't stay with them all day on Saturdays, but, like, I just go over every weekend to get out from my house, and I spend time with them. We go and get breakfast, like, and it's been really good, especially as they get older, like, you know, people get old. Um <laughs> And so it's been it's been good, like, as they get older, to spend more time with them. And, like, especially, like, because our minds, like, as teenagers, we, like, think so much now. And so when I was younger, like, it was really fun to, like, do fun things with my grandparents. But now I can have, like, genuine conversations with them every weekend that I go over. And, like, we talk about, like, everything. And so I think that's been really good for me. Awesome. If you guys want to go real fast. My grandparents are definitely my safe haven for sure. And it's one of those things where when I go up, my grandma's all... You still eat out a lot, don't you? Yeah, I do. You want a home-cooked meal? Yeah. What do you want? Tacos. All right, tacos it is. So, and it's not the general tacos either, but um, it's just one of those things where they, they know I'm always on the go, so it's cool to know that, you know, and granted they're getting, you know, older in life and more seasoned in life, so they're, you know, they're not as up and going as they used to be so it's nice to know whenever I go up there it's just always a nice kind of like relaxation moment kind of a slow down moment and it's definitely kind of a change in pace from when I'm at home I'm always 
Whereas there, I'm just like, okay, perfect. I can do this. I can do that. I don't have to be in a rush. You know, normally I'm always in a rush eating, so I'm just like taking my time, taking my time. So it's always nice to know that you can always find time to slow down. Um. So when I was about six or seven, um, my mom's mom, uh, passed away, um, and I it was because of colon cancer, and um, I was, I. W- I wasn't like too young to not know at all what was going on, but I was young enough to know at the time, like, um, like why is this happening? Um, and then um, I believe it was uh, last year, um, my uh, dad's mom passed away, and uh, that impacted me uh, a lot because um, I knew her a lot, and um, she was like with me uh, my whole life. Um, and so it was uh, really hard for me, um, but uh, it told me to just um, help uh, the rest of my family through it too. Um, and um, so uh, the rest of my uh, grandparents are doing okay. Um, and uh, it's just hard to go through those times, but you just got to know that um, they're up there in heaven and uh, they're having a good time and you're going to, be able to see them again. Awesome. I know you guys both had questions, so you can battle it out for which one of you wants to ask. Bryce. <laughs> Bryce, did you have a question? Her question was about like the youth and the like shrinking numbers of kids with like a Bible uh, worldview. Um, and Basically, what I was was what I was wanting to say right away was that if you're here with your kids at Mount Hermon, you're pretty much doing the best you can do. Um, the difference with my with my mom, what I've always what I've always been taught, what I've you know heard and agreed with, is there's a difference between you know forcing your kid to have opportunities to learn and forcing your kid to believe. So it's like. Um, with my mom, with my mom, she gives me as many opportunities as possible for me to keep learning, um, but she's never, never, ever pressured me to believe on my own. So that's what I want. Awesome. Um, I had a follow-up for what you said about um, you not going to church for a, a time. Uh, do you feel that was more you took a break from church and God or church and you were still thinking about God in your heart? Uh, so at my old church, I'll, I'll just tell you guys, you seem like a nice crowd. Um, uh, so I was, um, so my ch- original church that I had been out, my mom had been there since before she even got pregnant with me, um, moved to a larger campus. And by that time, my small group was kind of dwindling. We were only down to about two or three of us. Um, and so we ended up mixing in with a new group at our new bigger church. And it was when we were moving into junior high, I think. I think. I don't know. Maybe. Um, and so it was around that time. And I was really severely bullied at my church. And it was a really hard time for me because I loved God and I loved going to church. But it was really hard um, because all the girls there were just making fun of me 24-7. Well, not 24-7, but like at church, they were like just making fun of me. And it wasn't, it wasn't a, it wasn't a good time. And so I, um, I kind of blamed God for that. 
um, in that time. Like, I'm going to church to be with you and to worship you and you and like the people who are also followers of you are bullying me and like making me feel wor like worse about myself and down on myself. Um, so for that year, I blamed God mostly. Um, and it ended up being perfect. I, I ended up like coming to Mount Hermon. Um, it was, it happened like right after Mount Hermon and I came back to Mount Hermon. Um, and our speaker was talking about, like he ended up talking about how we can blame God, like how we often blame God for our issues and for different things that are going on in the world. And he just, it, it kind of came full circle. And after that, I, I was able to like pray and I was like, I forgive you, God. I'm so sorry. Like you, like ho hopefully you can forgive me and I will like devote my life to you and just follow you. Uh, so yeah, that, I kind of took a break from the, like the church and God just because I blamed him for what had happened and for my sorrow and my pain, so. Thank you for sharing. Um, I think we have time for like one more question. Yeah. Just when I thought I was kind of still cool, I found out this yesterday by my kids that I'm not because of something I said in the room just to kind of like hang with y'all and the way you talk and everything. So, and I actually coached track this year in high school for my son and we had a good time and I think I was pretty relevant, but for some reason last night I way went over the cliff. Okay. <laughs> so can you name for me something that's really uncool that parents do and please don't do it anymore? Seriously, like don't try to speak in our language because that is just not cool. And what is kind of cool? Like what you just said about what your grandmother does. I think what you're saying is she's eclectic and unique. And I think you guys, when I, I, I watch you guys in your memes and your the way you do, the way you post, the way you post on Instagram, it's got to be so ridiculously random and like like staged but not staged. Like what you guys do, it's just really the coolest thing I watch you. And I think it has to be so, so brand new. You guys have to, because you got to stay on top, right, of the last posting. Anyway, cool and uncool thing. I'd like to say I'm not cool ever. <laughs> they can attest to it. I yeah. never know what's happening. <laughs> I'm, awesome. I'm never relevant. Awesome. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, you guys can go. Um, on the topic of social media, I heard you mention that. One thing that, like, I've noticed my parents do. I don't know what other parents do because I'm only with one set of parents. That's how life works. Um, um, one thing that my parents do is because, like, teenagers have a certain way we post on social media. We might have a weird caption that might not connect to the post or, like, maybe it's an inside joke between friends or maybe, like, we're posed in front of, like, this really cool wall and, like, we have an inspirational... Like, that... I know that confuses parents, but, like, that's, like, what we're... Like, that's what we've, like, become. And not questioning it. Like, one time, like, I posted, like something and it had like some caption and, and my dad was like taking it very seriously and like trying to like dig through it and be like what does this mean I'm like dad no it's just a post of, like someone's probably used that caption before and so like I, I know it's confusing but try not to question it because I think we just do it because like that's just us like that's what we're used to like having the captions that are like sun's out yay like that's just us <laughs> you know <laughs> like that's just us so it's not really we're not able to explain why we post what we post all the time maybe we're trying to impress someone but like usually 90 percent of the time it's not as like deep as you think it is yeah
Yeah, it's a big piece of paper. But on the other hand, I think I got trapped on the other side. I said, did you want me to flip the body once in a while? Like, I don't know. My mom is the exact same way. She she started an Instagram account at like maybe a year or two ago. Like when I got an Instagram, she was like, "Oh, I'm gonna get one and follow you and yeah. post." And she has like she has like a lot of followers, and then and she never posts. And like my friend's moms post more pictures of me than my mom posts of me. Um, so my mom is the so, mom that posts them of so, everyone else. So um, I I would like if my mom posted about me. Relatable. I mean, like, she like she doesn't. I think it depends on the child too. By yeah, the way. yeah, yeah. It it totally depends on the child. Um, but because uh, you could, I think like ask uh, asking is always good to having an open an open conversation about it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think maybe not as many embarrassing baby pictures, but just like keeping up like, oh, like you were saying, like track, like, oh, my child won first place. Like, look at this guy, he's yeah. doing great. Um, but I think, okay, also going like back to your original question, I think like we have our inside jokes and we have our like different things like our memes and our vines and different things we look at and different, every single generation has had that. Every single ger generation has been um, told by their parents, like, oh, stop doing that, like, you're spending too much time doing that, or, um, like, oh, what's that joke you're talking about? Like, I don't get it, like, what are you talking about? Like, every single generation has had that, and I think everyone in this room can attest to that, and I think just knowing, like, and realizing, being self-aware, like, this happened when I was a kid, like, my parents were the same way, like, they didn't get my jokes, like, but and so it's the same now. I think you're just on the other side of things, um, and I think um, so. So you, I mean, like there's some some things that my like my mom and I have our inside jokes and things like that. But um, I think don't force your way in. It 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 happens naturally. It happens naturally. So you don't need to like spend every hour of every day like. Um, researching different things like it or and I think even asking your kids like asking them oh what's this like yeah. explain it to me or like see what it means and that can be very weird if your parents ask you that but I think also if it's like just every once in a while like oh what's this like I saw this thing and it's cool like what is it um I think that they will understand there's a dance move we do at the end of the youth dance called the woe and so here's where I'm not cool. One of our youth counselors walked in and was like, we should do the woe at the end of our dance. And I was like, the what? And they had to like break down for me what it is where it's like you throw this up and then you like. And I was like, we got to stop coming up with dances. Like someone's got to like keep a spreadsheet for anyone over the age of 18. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. All right. Well, you guys can go very quickly. We are out of time, but I want to let you two have your space to talk. Uncool Facebook friends. No. Uh, <laughs> no. My no, no, friends no, no, are no. only allowed to request my mom. My mom's not allowed to request people on Facebook. I, I'm asking for trouble because this person is in the room right now. But um, no, I think what it is is it's. It, we talked about this the other day. Hey, can you teach me how to use Instagram? Yeah. Uh, sure. <laughs> it's just one of those things. 
I don't know if it's because, you know, a lot of my friends, their parents are, you know, kind of the mid 30, early 40s, and my parents are a lot older. I don't know what it is, but it's just one of those. <laughs> so it's just one of those things where it's like, it's more of a younger generation situation, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. It's more of a younger generation type of thing, whereas Facebook, even though Facebook is slowly turning into MySpace. I love uh, Facebook. But no, I'd say what, what the cool, cool that's the uncool. I'd say what the cool part is, is just the, uh, hmm, that's difficult. No, um, probably just, you know, spending time together, and especially since, you know, like, time is very valuable. Time is very valuable. I'm going to tell you all right now, no matter how embarrassing it is, spend time with your parents. You can, you can never turn back time. You can never turn back time. From someone who lives six hours away from their parents every day, I wish that I would have hung out with my parents more. Doesn't matter. Answer the phone when they call. <laughs> oh. So um, I want parents to keep doing what they're doing. Um, with their meme, the memes and stuff, um, but uh, sometimes trends can go too far, and I want uh, like parents, like because sometimes parents uh, they just go into it uh, just to like you know keep up with the keep up with trends and stuff um, that everyone else is doing. But um, I want like parents to know that like sometimes there's trends that um, you shouldn't follow because because they they go way too far uh, um, and. You're you're not gonna have a good time if you if you follow that trend, and you might see bad people, you might get hurt, and um, you just gotta be careful. Awesome, yeah. Go ahead, real quick. I'll I'll walk the microphone to you. In all fairness, most parents are in their forties with high schoolers. I have had the blessing to do this twice in twenty four years. Mount Hermon helped grow this young man as a single mom. This is our 16th year. And I just thank all of you because you pour so much into the youth, uh, whether it's two years old, all the way up to high school. All the way up to young adults. <laughs> and beyond. And that's, that's kind of what I wanted to end this by saying, is that every week I get the opportunity to stand in this room and listen to parents talk. And every week the same things come up of students just desire for parents and grandparents to connect with them and to spend one-on-one -on -one time with them. But the other thing that always comes up is that you guys are doing something right by bringing your families here. Is that it doesn't matter if they're connecting or not, you guys are always doing something right by taking a week to encounter your students in this place. So can you give it up for our youth panel? Thank you. And you guys are free to go. Have a great day.